Welcome, everybody. My name is Richard C. Wilson, head of the Family Office Club, and I have with me here Will Duffy from the Duffy Method, um, and he is an expert on taxation. He's not your traditional CPA that's just going to get his pencil out and tell you how much you're going to owe at the end of the year. He does proactive, holistic, customized uh, advisory work, helping business owners and wealthy clients look forward at their, their assets, their realities, their goals, and then helps navigate what areas are low-hanging fruit and what are things that are different options on the table for navigating the tax code. Um, Will, I'll have you correct me where I'm a little bit off there, and then we can jump right into the, the interview on private placement life insurance today. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And yes, uh, we're going to be talking about one specific strategy today here for a few minutes, but uh, we actually have over 150 tax strategies uh, in our playbook. And we meet with business owners, family offices, and try to take a look at their situation, kind of dig into the details a little bit under the hood, and then go back and figure out which of our tax strategies would be applicable to them, and then see where it takes us. Awesome. Great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time here today. So um, we're going to be digging into private placement life insurance. I know some people know about the strategy because, you know, seven to 10, 12 years ago, it was popular in the hedge fund industry to talk about PPLI and using it to, you know, create it and put a hedge fund investment within it and protect yourself from taxation on gains from that hedge fund. But my knowledge pretty much goes about that far just from one coffee meeting about seven years ago with someone in this space. So I think like many investors, they don't feel like they're confident in how to navigate it, exactly what it is and when it should be kept in mind for use, if you could help us with that. Yeah, happy to help. So private placement life insurance uh, is something that some people have heard of, some people have not, and people who have heard of it, you know, really aren't intimately familiar with it, or at least enough to know if it would be applicable in their, in their situation. Um, just quickly for people that haven't heard of it, I think sometimes it's good to say what it's not uh, at the beginning of the conversation. So this is not going to be your typical life insurance policy from a life insurance company that you, you see ads for on television. This isn't whole life. This isn't term life. This isn't indexed universal life. Uh, so just in case you have experience with life insurance, just know right off the bat, this is different. Uh, I, I would also say that anybody who is familiar with it, it has evolved. And I'm going to be sharing some nuances uh, with it that a lot of people are not familiar with that I think are pretty exciting. So awesome. I love to start big picture, kind of 10,000 foot view. And once everybody's kind of on the same page, we can dial into the details. So number one, this is a tax strategy. And what I've found is that more sophisticated investing strategies often carry higher taxes. Obviously people with a, a generous amount of wealth have higher taxes. And then you've got people that live in high tax states like California, Hawaii, New York, New Jersey, et cetera. And so we're, we're kind of looking at a way for anybody that might fit into one of those categories for a way to implement private placement life insurance, PPLI, into their portfolio. So number one, I like to refer to things as tax wrappers. And this is a way that people have appreciated trying to understand and navigate the, the, the waters in the tax space. So a tax wrapper is simply uh, 
something that can be put onto an investment and it will dictate how the investment is taxed. So for example, simple example, if you have an investment that is just in the taxable world, meaning if there's gains, there's, they're taxed, if there's a realization event, it's taxed, or if there's cash flow or income, it's taxed. If you take that investment and you put it into a tax wrapper, say an IRA, something we're all familiar with, the tax completely changes now. Now you're in a tax deferred mechanism. You can buy and sell as much as you want. You don't, it doesn't matter if the gains are ordinary income, if the gains are capital gains, it's tax deferred and it can just continue to grow without taxes. Now, PPLI is a tax wrapper and it is a tax wrapper that utilizes the tax code for life insurance. The tax code for life insurance is found in three sections, section 72, section 101, and section 7702. And the important thing here is that life insurance itself is considered a tax-free vehicle. There's some conversations that can be had, but generally speaking, if you follow the rules and you do it the right way, it can be completely tax-free. So PPLI is a tax wrapper that can be utilized on your own investments, okay. on your portfolio. So this is not giving money to an insurance company and they're doing whatever they do with it and then giving you a dividend. This is a tax wrapper that you can utilize on your investments. Okay. And this is going to become, I think, maybe more applicable as we've had a change in administration. The new administration has said they want to increase taxes. And so this is going to be an interesting year to see what happens. And it's a chess match. The government makes a move. We got to turn and make a move. So PPLI, which shocks a lot of people, is essentially a, a niche product that is made for you know, high net worth, wealthy individuals and families that allows them to have their existing investments out of the taxable world and have the ability to not only grow tax-free, but you can have these sophisticated investing strategies. For example, sometimes you know, buying and selling quickly, turning things over quickly makes sense from an investment philosophy, but now you're stuck with what's known as short-term capital gains, which is taxed as ordinary income. So right. the tax issue doesn't have to be worried about, and you can literally just move forward and not worry about that with investments inside of this PPLI wrapper. Hmm. So is there a length of period that you'd want to have in mind? Like, oh, this is only good for seven to 10 year investments or very large size investments or long holdings, or uh, what would you narrow it down to in terms of what, what could or should be put inside here? Yeah, great question. So to, the first answer is, is that when you transfer an existing asset that you have, this could be real estate, this could be a stock portfolio, really doesn't matter, promissory notes, whatever. When you want to take an existing asset and transfer it into a PPLI policy, and by the way, most people can't do that. So th this is now the nuances that I mentioned at the beginning. Right. Uh, I work with a couple of companies that have completely revolutionized the PPLI space. So when we do a transfer of an existing asset into a PPLI policy, that is a recognition event. That is a taxable event. And so that has to be taken into consideration. Is there a low basis? Is there a high gain? Some assets that we do are debt-based and they're just 
you know, a promissory note or whatever. And so they're like, the quicker we get it in, the better, because as soon as we get it in, the ordinary income now turns into tax-free. Kind of like when you do that Roth conversion, that basis is important. So if there's a J curve on a property or an asset, that's important to consider. Yeah, it's very similar. When you do a Roth conversion, that's a taxable event. And you know, post-conversion gains now are going to be tax-free. One of the big differences with PPLI is we're going to be talking about much larger numbers than we typically talk about in a Roth conversation. And we're going to be getting rid of the, the rules and the regulations and the ages that come with Roth, for example, having to wait until you're 59 and a half to take a tax-free distribution. Right. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Um, what are like maybe the one or two misconceptions or low hanging fruit or just like really surprising things about it? Because I think the information you've already shared will be helpful to a lot of people, but I'm sure you have a, maybe a couple more things to mention. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the strategy itself is actually pretty labor intensive and paperwork intensive for the insurance company. And so I would just so that people have full disclosure on the front end, expect a $5 million minimum contribution if you want to set up a PPLI policy. Now, that $5 million minimum can be some cash, some uh, illiquid assets that you already have. And it also can be done over a period of time, say three to five years. But that's, that's generally across the board. That's the minimum for entering into this space. Um, a lot of people have looked at it and they've thought either the setup time and process is too onerous to do, or they've noticed what is probably the largest problem with the strategy. And that is if the wealthy uh, individual or the, the representative of the family office dies, the tax benefits stop. This is one of the biggest issues. You, you could spend all this time setting this up and then you have an unexpected death and everything goes away. So I work with a couple of companies that have solved both of these issues. Um, I have helped clients get these set up in as short as four weeks. And we've solved the, the issue of having a premature death and the policies that we set up are pretty much guaranteed to last 30 to 50 years. So okay. from a legacy standpoint, from a multi-generational planning standpoint, we can actually do some decent planning and look at you know, projections of what will it look like to build wealth tax-free for decades and even pass it on to the next generation. Right, okay, great. So in summary, this is a strategy where if you're a family office and you're worth, you know, 15 million, 20 million plus, et cetera, and you have lots of, you know, private direct investments, you may want to consider PPLI because then you can contribute money in, which will be a taxable event. So you want to consider what type of assets and work with people that know what they're doing, obviously. And then, but once it's in there, it can grow tax-free perhaps for decades. And you just have to be careful on not using a typical PPLI because if you, you know, get in a car accident or something horrible happens, then it could ruin all that planning and hard work. And um, I guess that that's the main overall gist of the strategy and the type of person it should consider. Do you see like 15, 20 million net worth is kind of the starting point? And mostly people that are at 30, 50 million net worth are the ones that are executing on PPLI. Is that typically what you're seeing? We have a range. Um, I've got clients that literally uh, have a goal of hitting that $5 million just so that they can participate because they want to. 
Um, something I would say is this, you don't want an off the shelf product. That's generally true in the tax strategy space. You want something that's going to be custom designed to your situation. And here's what I mean by that. So existing trust and estate planning work need to be taken into consideration and, and be done in concert with the policy because you want to make sure the right hand knows what the left hand is doing and that everything is working together. Very important. Right. Number two, you want somebody, and, and I specialize in this, that is willing to take a deep dive into all of your existing investments and hand pick which ones would be the best for the PPLI. And there, right. there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that go into that, but the big one is how are those investments taxed? And let's take the ones that are going to have either the biggest gains or have the highest taxes and utilize those. And then lastly, obviously we don't have time for this today, but we actually do some pretty unique things as well in conjunction with PPLI. For example, there are charitable tax strategies. And a lot of times charitable tax strategies are great, but they end up giving you ordinary income. And so if we combine the two, the PPLI can get rid of the ordinary income while you get the benefits of the charitable strategy. Other things we do is sometimes we'll take a business and if it's the right business, we will separate the intellectual property of the business into its own company, put that inside of a PPLI policy, and then the company pays royalties to that portion. And then we can somehow get business income, some portion of it tax-free as well. A lot of opportunities. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. We, um, did that for the first time this past summer with the IP being put in a separate company for a deal, but not for PPLI, but um, just learning the very basics of that recently. So great. Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, this and I'd be happy to maybe um, Q3 or so, maybe to have you back for another interview during this series on a different topic and looking forward to meeting in person with you when it's possible here, hopefully later this year. And uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of Will or any other one of our tax experts, just let me know or let someone on our team know and we'll get you directly in touch to see if it would uh, make sense to work together directly. So thanks for your time here today, Will. Yep, thanks again. Bye.